Hello, this is Michael Martin with the National Wood Flooring Association. We're on the Real Answers podcast. Our featured guest again today is Chris Zizza. Uh, welcome, Chris. Hey, thank you. Happy uh, New Year. Hey, Happy New Year. How about that? Happy to be back. Happy to keep going, man. Let's just persevere into 2021. Yeah, well, first of all, over the holidays, I saw on your uh, on your Facebook feed that you have a new cookbook that you're cooking up. So um, I'm hoping that we get a couple of copies here. There's no doubt I will send some copies over uh, to the Midwest. I'm happy to do it. You know, uh, the funny thing about that cookbook is so many people on Facebook thought I'm selling them. and I'm not selling them. <laughs> well, you can make it's, it a fundraiser. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? Somebody said, I want one and I'll make a donation to a charity of your choice. So if anyone out there in uh, NWFA land wants one of Ziz's cookbooks, you can make a donation to the Little Bit Foundation, and I'll send you one. Oh, that's perfect. Donation of any level. Well, I will tell you, uh, having having had the red sauce uh, recipe and tried it before, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some of those other things that are in there. Dude, I'm telling you right now, there is some great family secrets in that book. And uh, if, you ever, if you ever go to a barbecue or a tailgate, you need the book because the best item in there. And I'll leave the cliffhanger at that. All right. So how you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. We, uh, we've got a couple updates today on COVID, some things happening out there. Um, and then I thought we'd talk a little bit about the new year and how that's, that's taken off for you. How's that sound? Yeah, that's, uh, it sounds good. I'd like to talk about PPP, uh, um, out of the gate. You know, I've, I've reached out to my bank twice who was extremely responsive in the first round of, of PPP funding and, so I'm interested to hear what you may have for knowledge. I heard that if you had a quarter in 2020, year over year compared to quarters in 2019, if you were off gross sales greater than 25%, you qualify. And we certainly fell in that category. I can guarantee you that in the second quarter. That's absolutely right. Okay. So first I'll say, you know, um, as of today, we have not seen final guidance come out from the Small Business Administration. So once the SBA puts out that, then the banks will be able to tell you specifically how to manage the loan and to apply for it. But right now, at this point, the financial institutions don't have the information yet. Um, So that's that's why my bank's not getting back to me, because they didn't have the answer. Yeah, because initially it felt like you could just continue the process that was already out there. If you had already done a PPP, then you could just go in and do another one. But that's not really the case. Um, They're waiting on some guidance, and the financial institution should have that out, I I would think, in the next week to 10 days. Yeah, it's not like there's anything busy going on in the government, right? <laughs> well, I think we should probably avoid that conversation for today. Pass, I agree. <laughs> Let's stay focused on 2020, 2021 success stories. Let's do that. All right. So what we see now coming out from the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021, there is $900 billion in COVID relief, which includes $284 billion in aid for small businesses, which is basically a second round of the PPP program on the forgivable loans. So here's what it looks like. So they're calling it, just for reference, or we're calling it around here, the PPP2. And what that includes is a, a second PPP loan for those small businesses that are still facing significant revenue declines, uh, basically in any quarter of 2020, as you said, compared to the same quarter in 2019. So further clarification there regarding uh, the de- deductibility of business expenses also comes out with this, which basically makes the PPP IRS guidance different, different um, on the deductibility. So a couple of other differences that the PPP2 contains um, that are a little different than the first round of PPP. The first thing on second tiring borrower eligibility. So basically, if you've already received a PPP loan, you are eligible for another loan 
up to two million, provided that you meet the following. Um, there's one of three stipulations here. So number one, you have 300 or fewer employees. Number two, you have used or will use the full amount of your PPP loan. And number three, you can show a 25% gross revenue decline in Q1, Q2, or Q3. And applications that are applying after January 1st of this year can use Q4, comparing it to the same quarter in 2019. So 2020 versus 2019 or 2021 January uh, can be used. It's unclear, though, how this will apply to new businesses that didn't exist with a 2019 operating history, for example. So if you if you just went into business, um, you'll have to get with your lender on what that could look like. One of the second stipulations is a maximum loan. The PPP2 borrowers can calculate their maximum loan about by multiplying the borrower's average monthly payroll um, for the trailing 12-month period as the date of the loan is made or of the calendar year 2019 by 2.5 times. The maximum loan for second-time borrowers is $2 million, while the cap for the first-time borrower remains at $10 million. Um, and like the first round of PPP loans, seasonal employees will calculate their maximum loan amounts differently. The third stipulation, flexibility added to the covered period. While the CARES Act originally provided an eight-week coverage period, time that is time in which the borrower um, must use the loan proceeds to qualify forgiveness, and that was to begin on the day the loan proceeds were dispersed, um, subsequent amendments allow borrowers to alternatively elect for a 24-week period PPP to borrowers will now be permitted to choose the length of their covered period, provided it is not less than eight weeks and no more than 24 weeks. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Okay, so then the the next issue is the the expansion of covered expenses. Previously, the PPP proceeds were used for payroll, rent, mortgage interest, and utilities in order to qualify for 100% forgiveness. Now, PPP proceeds can also be allocated to the following expenses. And I'm going to go through, I'm going to go through these and then go back and tell you what that means. So okay. um, that would be four things, operation expenditures, supplier costs, property damage, or worker protection costs. And so let's start with that first one, operation expenditures. This could include software and cloud computing service payments um, used to facilitate business operations, service or product delivery, payroll, processing, billing, accounting, inventory, and HR functions. The second one, supplier costs. Um, These payments to suppliers of goods that are essential to operation at the time they were made pursuant to an order or contract in effect prior to the covered period. Um, basically, so any time during the covered period, if the good is perishable. The third part of that, property damage, those costs are, are related to any public disturbances that occurred in 2020, so riots, that kind of thing, uh, to the extent that was not covered by insurance or other compensation. And then the fourth, worker protection costs. And those costs are those that are related to compliance with regulations issued by CDC, HHS, OSHA, or any state or local government authority after the period beginning March 1st, 2020, and ending on the date when the national emergency declared by the president related to COVID-19 safety measures expires. So we don't, I don't believe we have that expiration date um, as of yet. So... Moving on, um, another thing that the new PPP2 covers is the reversal of tax treatment. PPP loan proceeds will not be included as taxable income. Expenses paid with such proceeds are forgiven will be tax deductible. This reverses actual previous guidelines issued by the IRS and Treasury, which disallowed those deductions for such expenses. So that's a pretty significant change um, if you already have a loan, especially at and the end a good, of And season. a good one. And a good one, yeah. The next thing covered was the EIDL. As you know, that's the grant. Um, the impact on forgiveness. So the act provides that the proceeds from any of the EIDL advances 
given to PPP borrowers will no longer need to be reduced from the amount of eligibility for forgiveness. Initially, if you got both the loan and the grant, you had to reduce the grant from the loan amount as an advance. So that is no longer the case. They're operating as two separate things, increasing the amount of of funding that's that's eligible. So that's another good thing. And then the last thing the PPP2 really covers is a simplified forgiveness process. Um, The act creates a simplified forgiveness application for loans of $150,000 or less. Basically, borrowers who are eligible for forgiveness if they sign and submit to the lender a one-page certification that includes a description of the number of employees the borrower was able to retain because of the loan, the estimated total amount of the loan spent on payroll costs, and the total loan amount. And again, we don't have final guidance yet. That's that's the coverage that's been outlined to date. The banks will have their own, as they did with the first round of PPP, uh, their own stipulations uh, based on the financial dis- institution as to how they require that loan to go. So watch for that. Contact your banker. They may know when they, when they expect to get their paperwork in process. I like it. Yeah, a lot, a lot, of, good, a lot of good news coming out in that one. There's going to be this little stall. Same as last time. We all just got to be patient until it rolls around. And if you qualify, good for you. And my only advice would be if you went through it the first time, if you did everything the right way, you'll come out the other side uh, with the 100% forgiveness, which is what we got. The, the loans are there to help you and use them the way they were designed. So what's up with you this new year? Well, we're, we're continue to stay busy, which makes me happy. I had a talk the other day. I had a couple phone calls, uh, as I've typically been getting more and more the, the longer we do the show, from people asking about how I'm planning my 2021 and we're not talking about vacations, although I'm looking forward to one of those, I hope. Um, so, you know, do you budget was the question I was asked. Do you, they, they called me up and they said, Chris, do you budget, do you forecast your next year? And my answer made me think that this would make for a nice topic. So the answer was, we don't necessarily put together a sales forecast or a sales budget because we're really not that kind of a business. Uh, although I, I feel like it would be the better way to run it. It's not the way we've done it in the past. And the way we're working right now seems to work well for us. So we're going to keep doing it that way, at least for now. Uh, and what we do is I'm a QuickBooks company, and I'm sure a lot of you are. So if you have QuickBooks, you're going to want to bring up sales by client summary and the report. And I'm sure you can do that with your other softwares. So the report, what it's going to do is it gonna, it's going to generate the sales for the entire year. And what I would do is the way the report looks in QuickBooks, the left side is the client name and the right side is the total dollar values that you did with that client for the year. And the first thing I like to do is scroll through the report. It's alphabetical. So as I'm scrolling down through the A's, the B's and the C's, I'm really just looking for my clients that are six-figure clients. That's the first thing I'm looking for, and I want to count how many of those I had. How many How many builders are we doing You know, six digits with? Are we doing more than $100,000? Because we don't have any clients that we're doing more than a million a year with. Um, so my six-digit clients are first, and I'll see how many of those we have, and I'll compare that to last year. And I also take that dollar amount and I look at what percentage of all our sales was that. Now, after I get through the $100,000 plus clients, 
I get into anybody that that's five figures, you know, and that's going to be anything from 10,000 to 99,000, obviously. And then I go into anybody that we did under 10 grand with. Now, once you start looking at your clients this way, let's go back. Forget that they're a $100,000 or $400,000 client. Let's forget that for a second. Let's just put them in our top five customers or our top 10 customers, depending on how big you are. What I want you guys to consider and what we do is we look at who they are. And then I'll look at year over year sales from 2020 to 2019 and maybe even go back as far as 2018. And I'll see if that client is trending in our top five. The reason this is important, guys, you have to know who your best customers are. And they might be also coincidentally the same customer that's always upsetting you or driving you crazy. And my recommendation is get over that because they're one of your big customers and you don't want to lose them, but you also don't want to be a slave to them. So this gives you a focus on how you might want to manage them. I will share a pretty interesting story about one of my builders that I can tell you this year, we, we did a fair amount with them. Um, and I'm going to give you that number. Just give me a second. I'm going to scroll back to them. Shows you how live the show is. Um, but we did, and there they are. We did 228,000 with this customer this year. And last year we did 15,000. And the year before, we did 192,000. And I dug into the year before that and we did 188. So we had back to back years where everything was a repeat. And then we fell off the face of the earth with the builder, 15 grand. Now, if I wasn't checking my sales regularly, I would not have known that our sales dropped so drastically with that one customer. So I called up the one customer and I said, did we upset you? And the owner said to me, he goes, what are you talking about, man? You're like one of our best subs. I go, well, <laughs> no, we're not. And I told him the, the sales volumes. And he goes, I'm going to look into that and I'll get back to you. They're a pretty big firm. Well, they had made a change internally where the field supers were setting up who's going to do the job. We quoted plenty for them. The sales super was then calling a flooring guy he knew and getting the job done. And the top half of the company wasn't talking to the bottom half. He called me up, apologized, fixed their own management problem. And look, we turned around the next year, did 228. So it's a way to protect your, your clients. And, you know, had we done something wrong, that would have been an interesting conversation too. The other thing you would, I would want you to do when you look at your sales clients or your sales by client this way, take some of these upper volume clients, don't have to be your biggest client, but start thinking in your marketplace, who else is a builder that's similar to that builder that you don't work for? Now we have a target. Now we have somebody we want to go after. Because you already know what you're doing with the other guy. And if they're similar companies of similar size, think about how many field supers they may have or however. 
But this is how you can use your sales from the previous year, strictly by volume, and pick your targets for the next year, which is going to help you grow your business. That's really great advice, Chris, and certainly something everybody can use on a, you know, at least an annual basis looking into the new year. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap it up on the outlook for the next year? Yeah. Um, and, and by the way, yeah, you could use this on an annual basis, but you can also use it quarterly or monthly and just compare your customers into what you did with them before. Um, here's a funny thought about that. I, I always tease everyone out there when I say, you know, talking about opportunities and you, you have to realize this guys every phone call is definitely an opportunity and we all get the phone call where we go yeah i'm not calling him back or i'm not going to go do that well i had one of those calls the other day and my office said so and so called and he wants to talk to you somebody told him you were the best at this or that troubleshooting blah 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 so i called the gentleman up and he said, we just finished a house. I know I should have used you, but I didn't use you. How many times do we hear that out there, guys? And, but he said, I would really appreciate it if you would go walk through it with my buyer and just give me a price to do all the touch-ups because the guy I used isn't qualified. Now, I know every one of you are listening to this right now going, hang up on the guy. I can't help you. You should have used me. But you know what? I didn't do that. I said to him, listen, I'll look at it, but until I see it, I can't tell you if I can help you or not, because I may look at it and say, the whole thing needs to be done over. He goes, oh, well, that's not the case. It's just a couple footprints and touch-ups, but so-and-so told me, you know what you're doing and just charge me whatever you want. I bet you need one guy there for you know a couple hours for two days in a row because i know it'll need another coat okay so i went i walked the property the buyers were there by the way and it was awful one of the worst jobs i've ever seen i mean it was really bad and so i was polite and I used a phrase I use all the time to get myself out of a jam, which is, well, I'm going to take all my notes, put this all to pen and paper in the computer, and I'll send it off. And we can talk after that. And I wished them all a good day, and I left. I got in the car. I called the builder, and I said, it's terrible, and the entire job needs to be done over from scratch, and there's only it's the only way it's going to happen. And he goes, really? And I go, Really? Or you can tell your build, or you can tell your buyer you're holding firm, and that's what they get, and they get what they get. And he said, "That's not my reputation." Fine. When can you do it, and how long is it going to take? So, it's between the holidays now, and we did it. We had room in the schedule, and we put the crew over there. It was a whole house, sand and finish, with the exception of one bedroom that was acceptable. Did twenty six hundred feet, fair amount of money, and while we were doing it. He called me and scheduled for us to look at another house that he's doing on Monday. And we're going to meet Monday on that. And then this morning he called me and he said, hey, can you go look at another one in Boston? I'm going there today. So I met him there. I was in Boston anyway. The phone call that wanted to have me just do touch-ups just turned into three jobs. The smallest one is a 1,400 foot sand and finish. He's paying full rate for builders, not homeowners. And he's going to be my biggest client for January of 2021, I'm sure. 
And that's because I didn't hang up on him and say, your problems are not my problems, buddy. So guys, when those opportunities come through, be patient, be calm. It's much easier to take the time to look at it and then tell him you can't help him. Or it could turn into an opportunity like it did for me when you, when you say it's got to get done over. And now he's a new client and he wasn't even in our sales summary for last year. Can't wait to see what we're going to do with them in 2021. Three jobs in just January. Imagine that, Mike. So um, that's my advice for you guys now. I'm all good on this side, Michael. How about you? Well, I mean, I, I kind of want to take apart your story there a little bit because I, I don't know if I believe you or not. Because we're only, you know, we're barely 10 days into January. And I don't know how you can how you can think that this magical uh, customer that just appeared might be your biggest client for January. We're only 10 days oh. in and you continually surprise us with your with your story. So I think I'm going to challenge you to find a bigger customer before the end of January. I, I love that. I think he's going to be my biggest customer for January, but I don't think he's going to be for 2021 because he's a he's a house flipper. So it's going to be remodels and a lot of sand and finish. I, won't, I don't imagine I'll be selling this guy 6,000 feet of eight inch uh, rift and quarter white oak. But um, I think he's going to be good. And I accept your challenge to go find more customers because that's what we're about. <laughs> we want to grow the business, man. Well, Guys, the other, the other uh, thing I was going to say before we hang up is, uh, you know, I think it's, it's uh, one of the lessons I think I've learned over the years is sometimes you don't know when not to speak. And I think the story that you shared with us was the perfect example of, man, you probably wanted to tell him everything you thought about the floor while he's standing there with his, with his buyer, right? Oh, I did. Yeah. It, it it's hard to get so in the car bad. sometimes. It was so bad. I wanted to say it over and over and I just bit my tongue, smiled. I was the best professional I could be and it turned into great opportunities. Yeah. And then you were honest about it after the fact and that were always, always, always plays well when you're honest, right? He, the guy said to me three times today, because we talked a couple of times about colors on these other two jobs. Three times he goes, you're my new floor guy. I, I, I don't know where you've been, but I'm glad I found you. You're my new floor guy. And, and that's what you want. Um, and he dropped off a deposit check for 10 grand. So that doesn't suck either. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, congratulations on a good start to the year, buddy. Yeah, thank you very much. Guys, I hope you're having a great start to your new year, and I hope 2021 is prosperous and healthy, and good luck out there. Keep it real, and I look forward to talking to you guys on the next one.